The following episode can be viewed on the YouTube channel Bernie or Bust Television. Good afternoon, USA, and welcome to another episode of the Bernie or Bust Show. First order of business is to thank Brooke Hines, New Mercury Media, PNN Extra with Brooke Hines on Thursday. She had uh, Victor Tiffany on her show, and they gave a shout-out to the Bernie or Bust show. She even says she watches it. So if you're watching, Brooke, thank you very much for including us on your show and mentioning it to your viewers. I hope we get some new subscribers from that. Second order of business is to mention the Barnstorm event that was held by the Bernie team in Lancaster, Pennsylvania today. If you're from Lancaster, you know that it's Lancaster and not Lancaster, just a, a pro tip there. And in this barnstorming event, we were signing up to be volunteers to get signatures because in Pennsylvania, you have to have a certain number of signatures before any candidate can appear on the ballot. Not only will we be gathering signatures for Bernie, but also for his delegates. So Pennsylvania is on the ground. People are here working on behalf of Bernie. Down here in this picture, you can see me, you can see my son Ethan, and Lynn was taking the picture up from the balcony, so you can't see her, but there's a shout out. I met some new people there, and they, if you, any of you that I met today want to be featured via Skype or, or come to my living room to be featured on the Bernie or Bus show, you're more than welcome, or you can tell me what you would like me to talk about, and if I met you today and you signed up as an as a subscriber, please just leave a comment and I'll get right on it. Also, I've said in my information section, I always include contact information so that you can Facebook message me if you like. So that's another option. So hello to my new friends at the Barnstorm event today in Lancaster. Third order of business is to find out what Jimmy Dore is talking about when he says Bernie and Schumer vote against Trump's NAFTA 2.0. It's not actually called NAFTA 2.0, which we'll figure out here in a, in a moment. So here's Jimmy. The Democrats and Republicans just passed Trump's NAFTA 2.0 trade deal. And it's so bad, Chuck Schumer voted against it. That's how bad it is. Do you think he just did it for appearance? Well, the United States-Mexico-Canada agreement is another fucking over of American workers. There we go. So instead of calling it NAFTA 2.0, if you've been watching this in the news or on your Facebook feed or Twitter feed, USMCA, United States-Mexico-Canada agreement, that's what Jimmy is calling NAFTA 2.0. And so this is going to be contentious and it's... It's going to be a great division, a great dividing line between Bernie and the other presidential candidates. So if you've heard about it and haven't dug in yet to figure out what it is, listen here for a minute to what Jimmy has to say about it. Just like NAFTA, just like the TPP, this will increase the outsourcing of jobs to poverty labor nations. And when companies don't profit, they're able to sue for damages from tribunals of judges appointed from those very same companies. This trade deal is bad for workers, it's bad for customers, it's bad for farmers, bad for democracy, and it's bad for the planet. 
It was written by oligarchs and multinational corporations. It's opposed by labor unions. It's opposed by environmental organizations. It's opposed by citizen groups. The AFL-CIO did endorse USMCA. That was back in December. Elizabeth Warren voted for this bill, and she's saying that it would help the farmers in Iowa. And Jimmy is saying, no, it doesn't help farmers. It doesn't help customers. It doesn't help anybody. It's helping multinational corporations. And based on the TPP and NAFTA, we know, and, and the fact that they would put transnational corpor corporations above the law of any any particular sovereign nations. And this is, this is why Obama is, we were thinking about Obama and Clinton as being dangerous neoliberals. This is probably the most dangerous aspect of neoliberalism is putting transnational corporations above the law. That's what he was talking about with these tribunals that, that make them answerable really only to themselves. Politicians from both political parties are calling this a win. The only people this will win are the big money donors. Right. Jobs will stay outsourced. Wages will stay stagnant. Companies will continue to poison our communities. And we get stuck with the bill. Some Democrats are giving themselves credit for some labor provisions in this new deal, which is like getting your attacker to use lube. <laughs> Republicans and Democrats are using the same lies and the same false promises they used to pass NAFTA the first time. They are your enemy. American workers lose. Multi -corp multinational corporations win. Elizabeth Warren, Joe Biden, Pete Buttigieg, and Amy Klobuchar, none of them have the guts or the leadership to oppose Trump's trade deal. Except for Bernie Sanders. Or his military budget. Elizabeth Warren is done. She won't stand up for workers. She won't stand up against corporations. She won't stand against Trump. It's almost like Elizabeth Warren takes orders from Donald Trump, taking the DNA test, supporting his assassination in Iran, whipping up a feud with Bernie to splinter progressives, voting for expanding Trump's military budget, and now voting for Trump's trade deal. That's it. That's about as bad as it gets. Here is a great article. It's on Medium by David Blass, why I'm no longer undecided after the Democratic debate in Iowa. The beginning of this article goes through how he's a pragmatist and how he always votes realistically based on a formula, and it's all very interesting. But I want to get to the second part of the article. There's even a New York Times article published earlier this year called Elizabeth Warren isn't talking much about Medicare for all anymore. Our politicians should be encouraged to refine their policies as they learn new information, but doing so by trying to brush a signature issue that affects every American under the rug is inexcusable. I firmly believe in health care as a human right. Even more, I believe in candidates whose stances on critical issues are clear, consistent, and reflect what they think will be best for the country as opposed to what strategists tell them is politically advantageous. And what strategists, this is me, what strategists tell them is advantageous is to keep the donors happy. Those are the voices speaking loudly in Elizabeth's ears. The policy prestidigation we're watching the Warren campaign try to pull off has implications that extend beyond health care. It comes down to the trade-offs candidates are willing to make to satisfy their short-term political needs. Consider another exchange from the Iowa debate. Fahnenstiel, 
is the interviewer saying, Senator Sanders, you have said that New Deal, the USMCA that Jimmy Dore was just talking about a moment ago, makes some modest improvements, yet you are going to vote against it. Aren't modest improvements better than no improvements for the farmers and manufacturers who have been devastated here in Iowa? Look at how that question is framed. It's just more of all the garbage we've been seeing from CNN, MSDNC, New York Times. I've got a great New York Times article that I probably won't get to today, so hopefully I'll get to tomorrow. It just shows you that the oligarchs are speaking to us through these tools, their tools. So this interviewer, you are a tool of the oligarchs. Anyway, after she asks him that leading question, he says, every major environmental organization has said no to this new trade agreement because it does not even have the phrase climate change in it. I will not vote for a trade agreement that does not significantly lower fossil fuel emissions. Senator Warren, you support the USMCA. Why is Senator Sanders wrong? OMFG. Warren, oh, thanks for the softball lobbed over the plate. I do. We have farmers here in Iowa who are hurting. We need a policy that actually helps our workers, our farmers. We need them at the table, not just a trade policy written for big international companies. That's what it is. It's a it's a policy written for big international companies. You are obfuscating. That's a nice way to say it. Anyway, she, she ends with, I'm ready to have that fight, but let's help the people who need help right now. Sanders, it is not so easy to put together new trade legislation. If this is passed, I think it will set us back a number of years. And what I would add is we don't have a number of years. And for the reason that Senator Sanders mentioned, it's, it's an existential threat. We're facing an existential threat, and USCMA is not going to help with that. In addition to the moderator's blatant bias, which pervaded the debate, oh really? This highlights a second clear divide between Sanders and Warren. While almost every other candidate, including Warren, takes the opportunity to express their support for the deal and pander to farmers in Iowa, Bernie defends a stance that might be politically inconvenient, but that reflects what he believes to be best for the country in the long term, including those farmers in Iowa. Even if it won't pay off in Iowa, but it, it will eventually, we, we need to, this is me talking, we need to get rid of these pernicious trade agreements because Ultimately, they're written directly by these transnational corporations. And so we, we need to reject them outright, like the way Bernie is doing. And only Bernie and Chuck Schumer, for whatever reason, according to Jimmy, they're the only ones who voted against it. Now back to the story. For me, hearing Warren use, let's help the people who need help right now to justify her stance was really disappointing. It may sound innocuous, it's designed to, but it's the same justification that politicians and the fossil fuel industry have been using for years to secure votes and profits, respectively, at the expense of our planet. Unless we call them out and accept that we might have to invest some money to help the Iowan farmers find a more sustainable path to success, which you can bet Bernie is willing to do more than anybody else, politicians will continue to mortgage our future until we don't have one left. 
If we look back at that clip in 50 years and our cities are underwater or uninhabitable, is there any doubt how we'll see it? With a government as corrupt as ours and a system that ruthlessly crushes even the most ardent idealists, we need a president we can trust to fight for the greater good. Now you might be thinking, but David, you told us you were pragmatic. How can you vote for a candidate who's too far left to get anything done? Oh my goodness, that was beautifully framed. That sounds just like Hillary Clinton talking. Well, first of all, I'd like to cite the answer Elizabeth Warren gave when asked about incrementalism at one of her campaign events. This is big structural change, but it's the kind of change that's right, and it's the kind of change that's worth getting out there and fighting for. Understand this, there are going to be Republicans, there are going to be rich people who are going to fight us no matter what we do. They're going to fight us when we ask for a little tiny increment. So my view is let's get in the fight and make it worthwhile. Let's fight for the kind of structural change that will make this country work for all our families. I think she's right about that, all of that. I just think if that's the fight we're having, Bernie Sanders is the one who should be leading it. Now look, I know politics can be messy, and Elizabeth Warren might feel the things she's done were a means to an end, and hey, as a diehard consequentialist, I'm all for that. In fact, not only would I happily support her in the general, as any Democrat obviously should, now there's where we have to stop and take issue. This is a sheepdog. This is what sheepdogs say. Woof! And then the sheep say, Vote blue no matter who! So here is where I would say, hey, I want to see your tax returns. I want to know who paid you to say that. Because to me, anybody who's truly a progressive will say, I would much rather vote third party than vote for someone who is going to continue the capitalist binging, continue the destruction of our planet, and who's going to throw American workers under the bus again and again and again, and use incrementalism as an excuse for doing it. So, so this part, this is what Jenk said last time that put me onto the fact that he must be getting money from somewhere. And I dug in and I found out, yes, $20 million coming directly from the Clinton machine. Jeffrey Katzenberg is part of that $20 million. And he's a known member of the Hollywood slash Clinton machine, Obama world, etc. So, so this, this is making me a little bit nervous here. So everything he said as a diehard consequentialist, which I, by the way, am not, I'm, that's another word for, I can get things done, which is something we've been hearing for a long time from Hillary Clinton and others, and, and Joe Biden, who doesn't get anything done. But so, so here is where the article just blows up in your face if you're a true progressive. How much good I expect Trump to do yeah, so that's that's where they're saying, oh, but Donald Trump, oh, but Donald Trump, come on, you sheep, get into the Democratic fold because Donald Trump. And and what we're finding out is, if, if we dig down and we're fair, there are a lot of positions where Donald Trump ran to the left of Hillary Clinton, and he would run even farther to the left of Joe Biden, which is what we're seeing here. The other point I want to make, let, let me help him finish his argument here. So the other side of the equation he's talking about is Donald Trump. Oh no, Donald Trump. 
I'd still strongly prefer her to Biden or Buttigieg as our nominee because her policies could do much more good. Only if she intends to carry them out, which I argue she doesn't. And I have argued for months. So go back and watch the Bernie or Bush show and you'll see how likely I think it is that she's going to get any of this done, especially Medicare for all. She's got it set up on purpose not to get it done. And that's why Wall Street finds her acceptable. All right, I'll try one more time to finish this. That being said, Bernie Sanders has been on the right side of history since 1963 when he was arrested protesting racial injustice. He'll be on the right side of history with what he's advocated for in this election, and in my eyes, there's no stalemate anymore. If our current president can use the power of his office and the movement that supports him to enact some of the most vile, racist, dehumanizing policies in recent history with sycophantic support from congressmen and women like Elizabeth, who once called him a race-baiting, xenophobic, religious bigot, maybe it's time we see what we can accomplish with a president we can trust to wield that influence for good. We might be hearing a very different story about the viability of some of Bernie's plans come November 3rd. The last point I'd like to make is that Elizabeth's sniping at Bernie, the sexism hullabaloo, was a clear distraction, a clear shiny object being waved in our faces because before the debates, the Bernie team was waving something else in front of Biden, which is his horrible history of voting against Social Security, Medicare, Medicaid, veterans benefits, and so on. And they were about to aim missiles at him. And Elizabeth jumped right in the way with her sexism charges, her phony sexism charges. And so instead of right before the Iowa caucuses, Bernie being able to land a blow on Biden with regard to his horrible voting over 40 years against Medicare, against Medicaid, against Social Security, against veterans benefits, his, his long-standing efforts in that area, instead we were talking about uh, whether Bernie is sexist or not. We've had a Twitter war where the Bernie team has been going after Biden and he has claimed that they used his comments out of context and that they doctored the video, which is crazy. So David Sirota and Ryan Grimm in particular have been coming back against those charges. And this is what was said recently on Twitter. This is common dreams. The facts are very clear. Bernie Sanders' team hits back after Joe Biden claims Social Security video was doctored. Biden not only pushed to cut Social Security, he is on tape proudly bragging about it on multiple occasions. And this clip of him bragging about it is already in Donald Trump campaign advertisements. And that, was, that comment came from Fez Shakir. And then there are lots of replies, replying to Common Dreams and Bernie Sanders, Ryan Grimm reported in a piece published Monday that Joe Biden has advocated cutting Social Security for 40 years. The facts are very clear. Sanders' team hits back after Biden claims Social Security video was doctored. Now this is the Common Dream's response to the actual article and not the tweet. Biden not only pushed to cut Social Security, he is on tape proudly bragging about it on multiple occasions, said Sanders campaign manager Fez Shakir in response to accusations by the former vice president. Why didn't this come out in the debates? Elizabeth Warren jumped in the way. 
highlighting a major contrast between the current top two candidates in the Democratic primary field in terms of how they have addressed the issue over their long legislative careers. The Bernie Sanders campaign hit back against a claim made by Joe Biden earlier in the day in which the former vice president said there was doctored video being circulated by the Sanders campaign that showed him agreeing with former Republican Speaker of the House Paul Ryan about the need to cut Social Security. And then Fez comes back. Joe Biden should be honest with voters and stop trying to doctor his own public record of consistently and repeatedly trying to cut Social Security. It's simply a lie. That video is a lie, Biden said at a campaign event in Iowa when asked about his position on Social Security by an attendee. No, Joe. Say it ain't so, Joe. Biden said the video was attributable to Bernie's people and that he was looking for the Sanders campaign to come forward and disown it, but they haven't done it yet. Ain't gonna happen, bud. According to Reuters, after Biden's comments, his campaign said the candidate was referring to recent claims by Sanders that Biden has proposed cutting Social Security in the past. The Sanders campaign has pointed to a speech Biden gave to the Brookings Institution think tank in 2018 when Biden said of Ryan's plan to reform the tax code, Paul Ryan was correct when he did the tax code. What's the first thing he decided we had to come after? Social Security and Medicare. For its part, the Sanders campaign appeared to relish the opportunity to have the issue discussed in detail. National Press Secretary Brianna Joy Gray tweeted a video capturing Biden's comments at the Iowa event and said she hoped the media covers this as a substantive policy disagreement. David Sirota, a speechwriter and frequent message amplifier for the Sanders campaign, sent an email out Saturday evening that stated, Biden claimed that one video of him pushing Social Security adjustments was doctored, but Biden's absurd assertion has been widely debunked and discredited by reporters and Social Security advocates. Journalists who have looked at the issue closely, including The Intercept's Washington bureau chief, Ryan Grimm, agreed it's not accurate to describe the video Biden is referencing as doctored. He hopes PolitiFact at least checks this claim from Biden. There was no doctored video. He just made that up. Interesting to see if PolitiFact lets this stand. Grimm reported in a piece published Monday that Biden has advocated cutting Social Security for 40 years. And I read that article. It's long and well-referenced and well-researched and logically put together. And what you, what you can find if you read this article that, that Ryan Grimm wrote is that Biden has been a centrist for time out of mind, and he has worked with Republicans to balance the budget using austerity measures. He is an austerity Democrat and has been all the way through. He is neoliberalism in its ugliest form. Joe Biden has been trying to balance the budget on the backs of the American workers for at least 40 years. And he, he's done it as a young man, as a middle-aged man, and as a somewhat elderly man. He's still, he's still at it. And he's still working across the aisle with Republicans as a centrist Democrat. He talks about distancing himself from the liberal Democrats and forcing them to make the cuts necessary to balance the budget. And when the budget is balanced on the backs of the American workers, 
the the extra money goes to the big corporations that he has always, as a Delaware senator, he has always kowtowed to. Here's a quote from the article. Biden's fixation on cutting Social Security dates back to the Reagan era. One of Ronald Reagan's first major moves as president was to implement a mammoth tax cut tilted toward the wealthy and to increase defense spending. Biden, a Delaware senator at the time, supported both moves. The heightened spending and reduced revenue focused public attention on the debt and deficit, giving fuel to a push for a balanced budget amendment to the Constitution. In the midst of that debate, Biden teamed up with Iowa Republican Senator Chuck Grassley to call for a freeze on federal spending and insisted on including Social Security in that freeze, even as the Reagan administration fought to protect the program from cuts. It was part of the Democratic approach at the time, not just to match Republicans, but to get to their right at times as well, as Biden also did on criminal justice policy. So there's another reason to see that Donald Trump would run well to the left of Joe Biden on many issues. And you you can hate Donald Trump, as, as most of us do, but you, you can't have somebody running to his right on anything. We need to say, let's get over that shit now. Let's make sure that whoever we have running against Donald Trump is running to his left. And that isn't necessarily Elizabeth Warren either. She runs to his right in some ways, especially when it comes to furthering the goals of the military-industrial complex and the prison-industrial complex. So she's a stealthy centrist, and she would run to Trump's right on some things too. So let's, let's be insistent that we need somebody running to Donald Trump's left, and the way to get that to happen is to insist that we're not going to vote for anyone other than Bernie, unless it's a true progressive. And if we figure that out, if we figure out someone else who's a true, true progressive, for example, last time some of us voted for Jill Stein, third party candidate, and, and many of us on the Bernie or Bust progressive team would do the same this time. What we would do most of all is that we would deny our votes to any corporatist in the general election. What we're saying is, yes, we're playing hardball. What we're saying is, we will not budge. We will not blink first. And so I've got all of these different um, memes that I'm going to link to in the Revolt Against Plutocracy rap sheet on Facebook. And if you're interested, I've had some of them going under my picture here. And if you're interested in them, please share them broadly. What we need to do is wake the people up around us who think that if Bernie is cheated again, that Warren is acceptable, like that first article said, or Biden is acceptable, because, you know, it's Trump. No, we need to get over that shit now. We need to make it clear that we're drawing a line in the sand. We're saying it's got to be a progressive or bust. And or bust is or bust. And we're not bluffing. And we already know what happens when you run a centrist against Donald Trump. The centrist can't energize the base, and it's all about that base. And the centrist loses. Biden loses. Warren loses. Buttigieg loses. And that's just the way it is. And so we need to just say, look, 
affluent, well-educated, white Democrats, it's got to be Bernie. It's January, mid-January. We're getting close. Those of us in early states, not me, I'm, I'm in April, but those of us who vote in primaries early on, we need to get the word out around us right away. We need to let everyone around us know that you can't have Elizabeth Warren, you can't have Joe Biden, you can't have Pete Buttigieg. Ain't happening. Just ain't happening. And so if you could put these memes out where people might see them, and if you want to make a lawn sign, let me know. I'll help you. I'll give you the graphics because they need to be fairly high-resolution graphics to work. I'll let you know how to get a hold of Vistaprint or some other company. But most of all, I'll help you with the graphics so that you can put your lawn signs, you can put your banners up that say, we mean it. We mean it. It's Bernie or bust. We aren't going to blink first. We're serious. Don't choose or bust again. Pay attention this time. And that's what's needed because what we've seen is we've got nobody that's a true progressive who has any chance of getting the nomination other than Bernie. Get on board the Bernie or bust train. Come get on board the Bernie or bust train. Once you hear that clickety-clack, there ain't no time for turning back. Get on board the Bernie or bust train. The preceding episode can be viewed on the YouTube channel Bernie or Bust Television.